0: I'm Paul from First Counselling and welcome to a Thirst Counsellor podcast, a series of blogs, readings and audio meanderings through the world of mental health and well-being. Hi and welcome. I wanted to talk this week about connection um, so it's a bit of a drift away from the the subjects that I've been talking about recently one of the reasons why I've kind of found myself thinking a lot about connections is because uh, a number of things have happened recently and I guess over the last year I've been thinking a lot about um, a lot of nostalgia trips you know about connections to people connections to the past um, connections to the here and now Recently, we've had Mother's Day, and for some people, Mother's Day is an opportunity to spend time connecting with that important role model in a person's life. But for other people, equally, it can be a really quite painful reminder of that connection that's no longer there. You know, as we think about the family that we're connected to and the friends that we're connected to or were connected to, you know, we're now living in an unparalleled time at the Point in our lives where we're the most connected to the world that we've ever been. We can contact a friend immediately, wherever we are, with a mobile phone. Um, We can reach across the world. We can watch live footage of things happening on the other side of the planet. We can comment on that. We can um, put our opinions out there on the internet. We can connect in so many different ways. And these connections can become frayed and broken, and repaired. and so I wanted to explore that a little bit this week in looking about some of the difficulties that some people might experience with connection and also trying to maybe emphasize the importance and the part that it plays in our lives. Franklin D. Roosevelt. Former President of the United States of America said, "If civilization is to survive, we must cultivate the science of human relationships, the ability of all peoples of all kinds to live together in the same world at peace in his book, Eternal Echoes: Exploring Our Hunger to Belong. John O'Donohue writes about connection in the prologue, The Hunger to Belong." is at the heart of our nature cut off from others we atrophy and turn in on ourselves mostly we do not need to make an issue of belonging when we belong we take it for granted merely to be excluded or to sense rejection hurts when we become isolated we are prone to being damaged our minds lose their flexibility and natural kindness we become vulnerable to fear and negativity. A sense of belonging, however, suggests warmth, understanding and embrace. The ancient and eternal values of human life, truth, unity, goodness, justice, beauty and love, are all statements of true belonging. Our hunger to belong is longing to bridge the gulf that exists between isolation and intimacy. Distance awakes longing. Closeness is Belonging. Everyone longs for intimacy and dreams of a nest of belonging in which one is embraced, seen and loved. Something within each of us cries out for belonging. We can all have the world, has to offer in terms of status, achievements and possessions, yet without a true sense of belonging our lives feel empty and pointless. When clients sometimes come to therapy, quite often themes that come up or around the relationships that they've had or that they're having and the difficulty that they may be having with us. I've often spoken with clients about their difficulties with past relationships, such as with their parents, issues with how they were raised as a child. I recently worked with a client who'd had a number of difficulties with their father growing up, and as a result of that the the impact of of that connection that it had on on the client's life had been greatly exaggerated and formulated a part of who they were today they'd struggled to demonstrate and show their emotions they'd been brought up to believe a certain way of behaving in a certain way of acting and the expectations that they then felt they needed to show their children um, was equally becoming damaging. And it was only through exploring this in the in the therapy room that they were able to kind of identify the, the limiting and the damaging messages that they'd received growing up. And the realisation that that wasn't how they wanted to be. They wanted to break that cycle, to change that cycle. Our relationships are our biggest connection to anything. Sometimes our earliest relationships, our relationships with our mother and our father, can very much set us on a certain road. Now whether that be a A helpful relationship or an unhelpful relationship it can have you know many different effects for this particular client and that it had been a very very negative and somewhat painful experience and it was only through exploring this in therapy were they able to understand the impact of the relationship and look at ways of limiting the the negative effects that that was having on them now and start to look at new and different ways to create different relationships with their own children. Spotting 2 is the follow-up to the classic 90s film, Trainspotting. The original film charts the story of a group of friends who have grown up together, uh, got into drugs together and it, and it charts their kind of relationships with each other um, and it's a lot about friendship and relationship and betrayal spotting too, equally about the same characters, catches up with them 20 years later, The lives have moved on, for some of them, uh, chances and opportunities. But again it kind of plays on those similar themes of friendships and nostalgia. Um, this idea of friendship being tied over a period of time and, and those friendships being frayed and betrayed. and and the difficulties in trying to reconcile some of those things. It's quite a darkly comic story, uh, but at the same time it's quite touching too. There is this this idea that... the idea of being betrayed by someone who you cared so deeply about or who had been such a part of your life. And the possibility of trying to make some kind of recompense to try and uh, build that back up At the same time, and that you know, there's this this frustration, this unresolved anger uh, to want to kind of get one back over on the other person. It's brilliantly portrayed by Ewan McGregor, um, and Ewan Bremner is particularly fantastic in it, and Robert Carlyle as Begbie is uh, amazing, and Johnny Lee Miller as Sick Boy, now Simon, um, massively betrayed by Renton's acts of robbery from the first film. It plays upon friendships and relationships and really looks at what those friendships and relationships meant uh, and as they try and kind of you know, exist in this grown-up adult world, trying to move on from some of those uh, past hurts and past pains proves to be really difficult. It's a very nostalgia-filled film, especially for those who remember the original movie Trainspotting. Um, but it does sort of demonstrate the importance of relationships and connections and about how those relationships can impact upon people's lives and the, the choices that they then go on to make. Uh, so I'd recommend people go out there uh, and watch Trainspotting too, if only just to follow up on the original movie, but also to see some of those deeper themes of connection and relationship. I haven't seen my eldest brother for over 20 years. Um, We never parted under the best of circumstances and he kind of disappeared off the face of the earth. We've never been particularly close to family, um, I have two brothers um, and we have never we don't really spend lots of time talking with each other on occasions through social media I tried searching for my eldest brother um, but to no avail on a particular nostalgia trip I decided to search for his eldest child who I found on social media and I messaged him introduced myself I think I'm your uncle. How are you? Um, and they messaged back and we exchanged a couple of messages. Uh, they hadn't seen my brother either for a quite a number of years, even longer than me. And we kind of left it at that. We liked a couple of each other's posts and and that was sort of that. However, recently I got a message from from them stating that they'd received the request and did I recognize this photograph. And then I found myself looking at a picture of my brother and I knew straight away that was my brother. However, they'd stated they went to a different high school and they, went to, uh, and they changed their name. And so things didn't quite match up that I was looking at a picture of what I believe my brother would look like now. I said I'd do some digging and I I contacted my my other brother and I asked a couple of questions and sure enough it turns out this school that they mentioned they went to and the birthday worked out right so I got back in touch with his child and said yeah you found your dad um and then we've, we've been recently exchanging messages and that, you know, as they've talked about, um, this being really quite overwhelming and, and really quite confusing. You know, these connections that are formed and then broken and then potentially are there again. And it's kind of given me pause to reflect and think, you know, what do I do now? Do I reach out? Do I contact him? And I guess that's something I'm still kind of thinking about at the moment. Lenny Bruce, um, a stand-up, once said, The what-should-be never did exist, but people keep trying to live up to it. There is no what-should-be, there is only what-is. Back in September I wrote a blog about looking back into the past. Um, so I'll read it now. Look back, don't stare, I was once told. It resonated with me as someone who spent so much time looking back with shame and regret, fearful of looking forward and making mistakes, looking back over the myriad of ones I would previously made, completely oblivious to the here and now. I recently went back to my hometown to visit a friend. Me and my daughter arrived at this friend's house. Now this friendship has spanned over five decades, which in itself is an achievement. As he marvelled at how tall my daughter was becoming since we last met, I was shocked at how his 15-year-old son was now taller than me, which is no mean feat. The passage of time is an amazing thing. When taken in small chunks and analysed it becomes a beautiful trip down memory lane an exercise in two people taking an imaginary walk back down our past comparing perceptions and recollections and fine-tuning some of the less well-remembered experiences. The following day when we left, we went into the town where I grew up. Here I explained to my daughter about my childhood, walking through the shopping mall with my mum. As memories of childhood flooded back, I was struck by how much had changed the openly homeless people in doorways, so much more prevalent than when I lived here, than when I was homeless here. Change is inevitable. Through life, our experience is shaped by a moment which defines us. Here was I, now almost two decades later, showing my daughter images of her father from my memories. Before we left, we went back to McDonalds for a quick visit to the toilet. Whilst I waited outside for her, a woman in her 40s, clearly riddled with addiction, came up to me and begged for some spare change. She never recognised me as I gave her some change. Years previously, amidst my own addiction, she was known as a sex worker which fed her addiction. An attractive, slim woman in her 20s. It was clear to see how the passage of time had eroded her pretty face. It was now ruddy and bloated. As she stumbled towards a ladies' toilet, I became aware of how much time moves us. how my journey is constantly changing. Here, almost two decades later, I was standing with my daughter, far removed from that lonely place, yet this woman, still trapped inside her demented idea, as John O'Donoghue calls it. We got back into the car, drove out to the centre and past the rehab where I went, on September 11th, 2000, and headed back home to North Yorkshire. Look back, don't stare. The blog goes on, but I wanted to kind of recall that because I recently found out that that lady that I'd, I'd met has died recently. And, and it just kind of struck me when I found out that it wasn't that long ago since I saw her, you know, this, this connection of mine, now frayed connection, and she was no longer there. There was no longer going to be a possibility of repairing that connection. And whilst I don't dwell on these or find it particularly morbid, I find it interesting that we have all these links to people and to experiences that help shape and define who we are. And sometimes I think it's it's good and it's important to look at these things, to look back, but not stare. We are who we are as a result of the experiences that we've had and the connections that we've made. I've talked about this in the past on podcasts and in blogs. You know, the very fact that we interact with other people helps shape and form who we are from our very first interactions with our parents and our friends to the interactions we have on a daily basis when we go and order a coffee. And we smile at someone or they say something pleasant to us or or something not so pleasant. It impacts and it informs who we are and who we become. Often people come into the therapy room and I that have been shaped by their experiences. Uh, whether they've been broken down or beaten or traumatised. And it's through exploring those interactions and those relationships and the messages that they received that can help that healing process. I recently met up with an old friend who I've not seen for about four years. Very, very influential person in my life. Um, Had a massive impact on me about 20 years ago. And we haven't seen each other for about four years. And out of the blue, I can't remember, he messaged me or I messaged him about something and they said oh we should arrange to meet up which we've said on numerous other text messages and so we arranged a date and we met up and the minute we kind of saw each other and we kind of hugged and it's like oh, it's really good to see you it's good to see you and then we started talking and we talked for like four hours about the past about the present about what we're doing today about what we'd done previously about the holidays that we'd taken together and the things that we'd shared Again, I'm kind of brought back to this idea that we, you know, we're formed through the connections and the experiences that we have. And this person has brought home to me how important these relationships are when they said, When a person, when I become friends with a person, they kind of get me for life. Whether or not I see them on a daily basis, there's a connection there, and it's there for life. And I feel really privileged to be part of this person's life Um, although they'll never acknowledge or understand the effect that they've had on me and I guess what I don't always understand is maybe the effects that I've had on them I remember my best friend saying to his wife she told me that after I'd been out of his life for a long time he was having a really difficult time of things. And she asked him, what's wrong with you? And he turned around and said he missed his best friend. At the time, I'd been in rehab writing my life story. And I'd also been reflecting on my life growing up through my life story. And one of the things that I talked about at the end was how I hoped to meet up again with him. Um, You know because he'd been such an important part of my life. And I didn't at that time realise for a moment how much of an impact I'd had on his life. And I guess that's the thing, we don't realise the impacts that we have on other people's lives. Each person's interaction leaves an imprint and an impact on a person's life. And through that, we can achieve a kind of immortality. Sometimes a counselling room can be a a good place to explore that. And sometimes just catching up with a friend can be another good place to explore that. Jean-Michel Jarre said, We all think we are connected to the world now, but we're not talking to our neighbours anymore. So I guess what I've been trying to talk about this week is the importance of the relationships that we make throughout our life. Importance of those connections, the fact that we're connected to everything and everyone so much now, and yet we can forget the simplest things like sending a message. I talked recently on a podcast about how I'd not spoken to my brother for years Um, And then I phoned him up one day. And and his first thought was, what's wrong? And there was nothing wrong. I just told him, you know, we haven't spoken for a while. I thought we'd speak. And we chatted. And it was good to catch up. You know, um, my best friend recently uh, coined a phrase, nostalgia notes. A bit like aeronauts exploring the sky or astronauts exploring space. Nostalgia notes explore their lives, their past, their presence, the things that have led them to where they are now. And clients that come into my counselling room are often exploring their childhood or their current relationships and exploring the connections within those and the impact that those connections have had on their on their current situation. And how to best understand and move forward with those. So maybe this podcast will give you an opportunity to kind of explore some of your connections, some of the ways that you've been influenced, whether it be through your family, through your friends, uh, through music, through film. And you'll probably find that you've been influenced by quite a lot of these things, as of I. I hope it's been of some use to you. Uh, I hope you've got something out of it. Until next time. And here we are at the outro. I'd like to thank everyone who's listened. Um, it's nice to see that there's people downloading it and listening to the to the podcast. It uh, uh, gives me a reason to kind of keep going. Uh, if you if you like what I'm saying or you have any ideas or any topics you can in, email me at info at firstcounseling.co.uk or alternatively you can tweet me at t underscore counseling Um underscore counseling um, I'll be back. Uh, in another episode talking about some other aspects of mental health and wellbeing. Uh, please feel free to review this on your podcast app and uh, give it a couple of stars. Uh, and if you want to share it with other people and that if you think other people might be interested, please feel free to do that. Um, thanks very much for listening. Sincerely yours, a first counselor.